One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Hello and welcome to Run Your Money. Today on the show, we're talking about how to buy a house with Mortgage Vandy. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and personal finance consultant. Let's dive in. All right, everyone. I am loving having guests on the show. I know there's only been two. Mandy today is the second one. I feel like there's been a lot more because I've been batch recording a lot of these guest interviews. And I'm so excited because I can't be the expert in everything. I feel like I know more than most in the home buying process, and I still learned a ton. So if you are thinking about buying a new home, your first home, a second home, whatever it is, then this is the episode for you. Even if buying a home isn't really in your at least immediate radar right now, I still strongly recommend taking a listen because I think one of Mandy's main points, not just in our conversation today, but really throughout her TikTok channel is buying a home, finding the right home, but then also getting the right loan for you and getting a great interest rate can take some time. You might need to do things to prepare your finances and your money and your bank accounts and all that kind of stuff. So the earlier you start getting your ducks in the row, not only will the process just be smoother when you are ready to buy a home years down the road, but you're also going to set yourself up for success in terms of getting the right loan for you. And also, of course, and maybe most importantly, a great interest rate. So I recommend everyone take a listen if you think owning a home is something that you want to do at some point in your life. And to be clear, today's episode is about residential homes, not an investment property. My husband has been in real estate investing since before I knew him. He has been preaching the gospels of real estate investing. And in our personal life, it is probably the number one question that especially new friends will ask us about because they're so curious about what it's like to be a landlord and how do you deal with everything and, and what if the dogs pee everywhere and also how does the financing work and how does the money part work, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're interested in me having him on the show, let me know. Let me know over on TikTok or Instagram. You can send me a message or comment on one of my videos there. You can also send me an email, hello at veronicagrant.com. And the reason that I ask is I've done a few TikTok videos about real estate investing, 
And they honestly just haven't gained as much traction over there as some other content that I put out. So that just kind of makes me think no one's really interested. But I also feel like people are interested because it's always a question <laughs> that I get in my personal life. But if there truly is no interest, then we won't do it. Even if it's just owning a home and getting a roommate that is part of real estate investing or owning a home, living there, and then keeping it while you purchase another home and renting out the old home, all of that is real estate investing. So if you have questions or you're curious about that to learn more and to get an insider's perspective, let me know. I'll try to convince him to be on the show. I'm pretty sure that if people are asking for it, he will come on. He's a little mic shy, but I'm pretty sure I can convince him. Before we get to my conversation with Mandy, I want to preface you with a few things. First, real estate is hyper local. So we have a little back and forth conversation in the interview today. And I mentioned I live in New Jersey. Home prices are still going up, admittedly not as up as they were maybe a year ago. Where she lives over on the West Coast, prices have been going down. Of course, neither one of those things are universally true for all West Coast communities or all East Coast communities. Real estate truly is a hyper-local market. So depending on where you live in the country, renting might make a lot more sense. Owning a home might make a lot more sense. Insurance rates will vary widely how much a home costs, whether homes are going up or down or whatever. All of that is going to factor just based literally on where you live. So I don't want you to listen to either something that I say or Mandy says and accept it as universally true about where you live. Just make sure you reach out to a loan officer in your area or license in your area who can walk you through what's going on in the market in your area. The second thing is I did ask Mandy to speculate a little bit, and I just want to be really clear. This is speculation. Nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's very true that home prices have absolutely skyrocketed since 2021 or so. And it's also absolutely true that mortgage interest rates are high right now. At some point, presumably, like Mandy said, they'll come down. I agree with her when they'll come down, how fast they'll come down, what the lowest point they'll get to. No one really knows. No one knows if home prices will then go up or down or what's going to happen because some people are waiting. And a lot of people will jump in, but then a lot of people will also sell their houses. So there's so many competing factors around what's going to happen. But I just want you to keep this in mind because I don't want you to listen to something that either Mandy says or I say, and they're like, oh, they say the prices are going to go up or, oh, they say the prices are going to go down. Nobody knows. I think it's very reasonable to make educated guesses, but I just want you to know that's what they are. They're just educated guesses. And then finally, I want you to tune in next week because next week I'm going to talk you a little bit more through the rent or buy equation. We really don't get into that in today's episode. This is really just an episode about what you need to do to prepare financially to buy a home. This is not about is it better to buy a home or is it better to rent a home or anything like that. I'm going to do that next week. But again, just a caveat there, real estate is hyper local. I'm just going to walk you through some things to think about to make that decision. So with all that said, I'm so excited for you to listen to Mandy. Today's episode is brought to you by me, Veronica. Did you know I work with clients privately to help them make over their finances from top to bottom? Over six weeks, we start with your money goals and then I help you create a plan to pay off debt if you have and then find a perfect balance between saving and investing while also enjoying life now. Pennies aren't meant to be pinched, but they are meant to have a purpose. 
By creating a plan and being intentional with your money, I'll bet you can afford a lot more in your life than you think you can now while also securing your financial future. Learn more and book your Run Your Money Roadmap with me over at veronicagrant.com forward slash work with me. Now back to the show. Welcome to the show, Mandy. I am so excited to have you. I know we connected on TikTok. And when I think of your profile or when I tell people to follow you, this is how I describe it. It's about mortgages, except it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Anyway, so can you just briefly introduce yourself? And then we're just going to jump right into all things buying a house, mortgages. But again, we're going to make it fun. Absolutely. So I am Mandy. I have a TikTok channel called Mortgage Mandy, and you can follow me there. I am on other social media platforms as well, but that's definitely the one that I have the greatest following on. And I have been in the real estate industry for over 10 years now, been a licensed loan originator for approximately four years. And I really, 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 when I started this, my goal was to be the loan originator that I didn't have as a realtor. I always wanted to have someone that was transparent and communicated with me and educated me because I can sell real estate all day long. But if I don't understand the loan process, I'm not going to be able to advocate and guide my client. So that was my goal when I started this. I didn't start doing video until about a year and a half ago. But the reason why I started that was mostly just simply because I was tired of answering the same questions over and over. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I am going to just make these little videos so that I can take them and send them in an email to my client, having no real expectation that they would be seen by now over 100,000 people. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess more than that when you count yeah. views versus yeah, followers. Definitely. Uh, that. But it it turned into something I didn't anticipate. And I have helped so many people purchase homes now through social media, which is really mind blowing to me. That's amazing. I, I love your channel. It's so fun. And I love the skits. And I'm just curious, I'm assuming these are like real situations or questions that you've been asked, because sometimes it's like someone actually asked that, but I guess probably you're not pulling these out of thin air, I guess. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So so they are all based on true stories, whether they happen to me as a loan officer or me as a realtor or my husband, who's a a real estate broker. Some of them actually are, are his stories or my other loan officer stories, but they are all very much based on real life. And there are many that I have not shared because in order to share them, it would essentially out the client. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> so sure, what you see sure. is filtered. <laughs> but you just actually said three things. Real estate agent. I think most people know what that is. But then you said loan originator and then real estate broker. This episode is for the person who wants to buy a house and they're like, what's the process? So those are the three different jobs. So can you explain? Well, again, I think most people know what a real estate agent is, but especially the other two or other people that people buying a house will work with. Let's get some definitions out of the way. Sure. So my, my husband is a real estate broker. So a real estate broker can work under another broker and be what they call a broker associate. Um, But basically it's just an elevated version of a real estate agent. However, a real estate broker can also have 
agents under them. So my husband has his own real estate company and we have close to 40 agents under my husband's license. Technically, I still hold a license as well. And so I'm under him there. Um, and then a loan originator, I will say I use that term that is technically, I am a licensed mortgage loan originator, but more often you'll hear me say loan officer just because that's a term that more people are familiar with. Um, there are a number of different terms that fit under that umbrella. So I am technically a mortgage banker. A mortgage banker is someone that works for a mortgage bank, um, but a mortgage bank can be several different things. It can work be one lender that they work with, and that's the lender that funds the loan, or they could be structured like a mortgage broker, and a mortgage broker has access to multiple different lenders. Our company is structured like a mortgage broker, but instead of us working with the lender's underwriting team, we have our own underwriting team, and we also fund the loans ourselves, and then they get transferred after close of escrow to that lender. So that was a very complicated way to say <laughs> that there are many different um, versions of a mortgage loan originator. But to simplify it, because everybody's familiar with the term loan officer, that's usually what I call myself. Okay. And so when someone's going to buy a house, they're going to work with a real estate agent. And then they're also going to have a loan officer at mm -hmm. the bank Either or whatever. A bank or yeah. a mortgage broker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then is there any other professional that someone looking for a home might work with? There are. So you're going to have a title and escrow representative. Some states will have a real estate attorney involved as well. And there's generally also going to be a an insurance agent. So there are a number of different individuals that are involved in the process. The only person that person someone wanting to buy a house has to seek out is the real estate agent and then through the agent are they are you then like just passed off to the loan officer or does someone have to shop around themselves for a loan officer and all the other roles you just mentioned that's a great question the most common way that people do start the process is they find their real estate agent because the home is the most attractive element of the process. So they right. usually are excited about the house or house hunting. But in reality, it would be best for that person to start with the loan officer and get pre-approved ahead of time so that they know their budget and they understand whether or not they qualify before they start house hunting. And either one is fine to start with either the, the real estate agent or with the loan officer. But typically, those are the one or the other is where you'll start. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I think well, my husband's most, done most that. Yeah. Think about yeah. It. They're, you know, like I said, the house is the most attractive element. So my husband's a real estate agent. And so oh, he okay. always gets pre-approval. But I didn't mm -hmm. think that's actually the process of finding a loan officer to work with. That makes sense. I do feel like some of the real estate agents want you to work with their loan officer. Because I remember there being some tension sometimes where they're like, but my loan officer is so much better. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe right. not. <laughs> and, and that is a lot of times, I think, 
this is not a dig at anybody that has a preferred loan officer, because in reality, I am some agent's preferred loan officer. But oftentimes, the client is not well served when they haven't made the loan officer decision on their own for them to find someone that they feel comfortable with. Having recommendations by a realtor is huge. That's amazing. And usually the realtor has had multiple experiences with different lenders. So they have someone that they know does a really great job. But I always feel like when the client has made the decision themselves to choose the the loan officer, which may also be the preferred loan officer, I feel like they end up happier and more comfortable with the process. So let's back up. Someone is thinking about buying a house. A couple of questions. It sounds like looking for a loan officer in conjunction with looking for a real estate agent are some of the first steps. But yes, what are some other things to do? And also, like, how long is this timeline between I'm thinking about buying a house to I'm definitely going to buy a house, I'm buying the house, and now I have the keys to my house? Great question. And to your point, it can vary dramatically. I mean, I have had situations where I have literally started working with a client and we've closed in like three weeks because wow but i don't recommend that this came to me like hey i found a house here's all my documents i watched your videos i wrote an offer this weekend and now i need it to all come together i'm like oh my gosh okay great but that's abnormal in reality most people i would say it's about a six-month process they will work with a loan officer to get pre-approved And that can take, depending on how complicated their file is, that can take anywhere from 24 hours to several weeks, assuming they're in a position to qualify. There can be a lot of situations where somebody applies and we go through the file and they need to work on X, Y, and Z in order to be able to purchase. But I would say six months is is probably pretty darn average because it's going to take let's just say roughly two weeks to get pre-approved. It's going to take maybe a month or so to house hunt. It's going to take, once they start house hunting and start writing offers, that's often, that can be another few weeks, even two couple months. Then they get under contract and that can be anywhere from 30 to 60 days, depending on the situation. So right there, you're like in that four to six month window. So it, it really depends on that particular situation for that particular borrower. But it is it's not something that most people do on a whim, you know, in 30 days. I remember I was pregnant with my first and it was 2020. So it was COVID. We were living with my in-laws. We we're like, we have to get out of here. Oh, and gosh. we we got this townhouse and it was almost a full-time job getting this mortgage person, all the documents. And because we were also trying to get out of here. I want to enjoy my last few months of child-free living, not a man loss. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) And so we wanted to close within 30 days and I work for myself. So that just makes it 10 times more complicated. So much stuff they need. I can't even believe it. So what are some things that that loan officer or that you will need? We don't have to speak to entrepreneurs, but just like someone who has a regular job, what kind of I assume it's more than your credit score. It is. So there are, depending on whether or not this person owns a home, I'm assuming they don't own a home. Let's just say they're, okay. you know, first time home buyers. Really only four categories need to be covered. So credit, 
as you mentioned. They need to provide proof of employment and income. So that can be covered with W-2s and pay stubs. And then we need their most recent two months of bank statement. Um, and then proof that they are who they say they are. So <laughs> driver's license, sometimes social security card and or passport if they don't have a current driver's license. Why do you need someone's bank account? Great question. So let's just say you are purchasing a home that requires no down payment. So people are like, well, why do I have to provide bank statements if you if I'm doing, you know, 0% down. Well, it's because we have to validate your income. We have to see that your pay is actually being deposited. We also have to see if you have deposited any large untraceable. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Amounts of money, because we have to prove whether or not you have either another second source of income or you're receiving funds from a personal loan that you didn't disclose. Maybe you move money around and we need to make sure that it's all done above board. And then the last reason is, I kind of tied into it with the last one, to make sure that you have disclosed all of your debts. So oftentimes people will have, gosh, the ones I'm seeing recently, a firm payment, Klarna, and then Afterpay. Those are those new trendy little installment right. loans that often don't show up on credit reports, but they are a monthly debt. So we have to make sure that you have disclosed all of your debt. Other things that will show up on bank accounts that don't always show up on credit reports would be like IRS installment loans, child support, things like that. So we have to make sure that you're disclosing all of your debt and that we are tracking your income appropriately. And that you're not doing anything sketchy or using the the house is a front for something. <laughs> exactly. Money laundering. Yeah. Some type of fraudulent activity. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So you want to get a pre-approval and you're looking for a house. I think the next big question around the money will come to the down payment. And I know there's lots of opinions and it might not be a loan officer's job to decide how much money you should put down. But can you talk me through that? I know like 20% is standard because then you don't have the PMI, but there's options for lower down payments. And then how does it affect the mortgage interest rate? So that is a complicated question. In a perfect world, if all the stars aligned, I would love to see somebody qualify for a conventional loan and put 20% down and have a nice clean file, no mortgage insurance, that would be amazing. Okay. The reality is that there are so many different loan options that will allow you to purchase with little to no money down. 
VA, zero down, phenomenal loan, no monthly mortgage insurance. Love that. It does get a bad rap because a lot of sellers and and even some real estate agents find it to be concerning that the veteran doesn't have any skin in the game, which is to me frustrating to have to navigate that because they, they very much do for lots of other reasons. But that's one that's one unique situation. But like, for example, the most common loan that we are seeing right now due to the higher interest rates and people's debt to income ratios actually is the FHA loan. FHA allows you to purchase with as little as three and a half percent down. You will have monthly mortgage insurance. However, I think right now getting an FHA loan and saving some of your cash, let's say you have the ability to put down, you know, 10% or so, but it will wipe you out. Right now, I would recommend somebody look at a lower down payment option and weigh the pros and cons. See if it makes sense for them to hang on to some of their funds for a rainy day. As a homeowner, you are definitely going to incur things going wrong maintenance-wise with the house, just the way that it is. Just know that the majority of people do not hold on to their loan for 30 years, even if they stay in the home for 30 years. The majority of people will refinance when the opportunity arises. And at that point, they may have enough equity in the home. And I'm not saying this is going to happen in two years. I'm not predicting another opportunity like we had in 2020 and 2021. But I'm, you know, I'm saying five-ish years down the road, they may have enough appreciation in the home to where they have now 20% equity on paper and they can go ahead and can refi into a conventional loan, get that mortgage insurance off, and hopefully at that point also take advantage of a lower interest rate if we had opportunity. Lower down payment is not a bad thing. I always say even if you can't put 10, 20% down, you need to have that much in the bank at least because cost money. Yes, yes. So I think I skipped around a little bit, but speaking of costing money, what are some costs just with buying a home other than actually buying the home, like the down sure, payment sure. part? So down payment is, you know, the one that everybody is aware of. We all know there's a down payment. And um, what I think a lot of people are really unclear about is, are the closing costs. In a lot of cases, can be just as much, if not more, in some situations than the down payment. Those tend to run anywhere between three and six percent, especially right now with the interest rates being so high. That makes the fees to get any mortgage rate locked a bit more expensive as well. And not to mention, part of the closing costs are prepaids, which are prepaid property taxes, and prepaid homeowner's insurance. And homeowner's insurance has gone up nationwide, but specifically in certain states like California, Florida, Texas, yeah. they're, they're seeing homeowner's insurance go up tremendously. So I think a lot of people are, are really kind of caught off guard by the closing costs. And additionally, you're going to have an appraisal fee and you're going to want to do inspections on the home. While inspections are optional, it is not something I would ever recommend skipping out on. Main, yeah, the main, the main costs in purchasing. 
I remember when we lived in Denver, Boulder was super trendy. It still probably is, I assume. There are stories of people having to waive the inspection in order to win a housing bid. And I'm like, no house is worth that. Even if you have a beautiful view of the Rockies. (laughs) Absolutely. So with the closing cost, is that another fee or is that rolled into the loan and then you'll pay it off over the course of the loan? Great question. So it is a big misconception that it can be rolled into the loan, but there are ways to have it incorporated in a way that you don't have to pay it out of pocket. So for example, let's say you're purchasing a $400,000 home and your closing costs are going to be $15,000. So you can't just take that $15,000 and add it on top of your loan. However, you can if the seller agrees to it and if the home appraises for enough. You can increase your purchase price by $15,000 and have the seller credit you back that $15,000 so that your loan is larger but the home does have to appraise at that amount and the seller then will net $15,000 less. So that's why we often will recommend that they raise their offer price so that the seller still, and this is of course assuming that, that your market supports that, not all markets yeah. support this, but then the seller is still netting the price that they're hoping for, but you aren't having to come up with that extra 15 grand out of pocket. So that's, that's what we see a lot of. I talk a little bit about renting versus buying on my TikTok channel and I don't get into the weeds like you because I'm not a loan officer, but I will say like, this is a cost that a lot of people don't know about. And sometimes people look at me like I'm talking like with like three eyeballs or something. I'm like, guys, this is real. This exists. And it's a lot of money. You got to pay attention. I mean, that is a lot of money. And that's why I I say, you know, people are really caught off guard by this. They think closing costs are just going to be like, you know, a couple thousand extra dollars. But that's that's not the reality of it. So I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball. I think what is on people's minds, and maybe I'm just projecting because we're still living in the same townhouse we bought in 2020, but with two kids now, a little stuck. <laughs> like um, interest rate is probably beautiful. Oh my gosh. And just not to mention the price is oh. amazing. We could just sell because what our townhouse would go for, I would never have paid for that. Exactly. I mean, we love right. it. It's a great right. townhouse, a beautiful community, but oh my God. But if people are paying for it, you know, I'll take it. And that could translate over to another inflated cost of a house. Again, maybe my projection, but I do think people are thinking about it because everyone has to deal with housing, whether you rent or buy. And if you're renting, you might think about buying. And if you're living in a place like me, but you need a bigger place for kids or if you're thinking about buying again, I'll tell you something that's funny. My husband, he does real estate investing and he's done quite well, but he'll often say things like, well, the next time the economy goes through the pooper. And I'm like, you've been saying that for years now. What do you think? So this, you know, could be a controversial take, but I I don't just I don't just come up with things based on what I hope happen. In fact, actually sometimes I have to, you know, share news that people don't want to hear. And right now we are seeing continued price growth. Even though the rates are ugly, home values are still increasing. So In regards to that, we hope that based on the Federal Reserve's inflation actions, uh, inflation fighting, that they're close to 
stopping their their rate hikes. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're projected, I believe, to have one more, maybe two more small rate hikes. But beyond that, even even they with their dot plot are are predicting that they're close to being done. So when that happens, the idea is that over the next couple of years, they will gradually, very slowly be bringing their rate down, which would in turn help improve mortgage interest rates. I don't ever think that we're going to see rates in the twos again, period, ever. Threes would still be a very long shot. I, I doubt that. But realistically, rates in the fives, I think, would probably be in our future within the next couple of years. So if, in my opinion, if someone is in a position to buy and they can afford it and they can stomach the high monthly payment that they will have now, I wholeheartedly see that being a good move for that individual because their home will according to the statistics, continue to grow in value, and hopefully their payment will come down. And that combination is something you will never get renting. You will never have a situation where your rent is going to come down. But yeah. You could have a situation where your mortgage payment would come down. I mean, that's where the evidence is. I'd be wrong. Sure. I absolutely, I, I yeah. didn't see, I didn't see COVID happening at all. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm curious. Why do you think they'll never get to two or 3% again? That was an anomaly that happened due to the Federal Reserve and the government with all of their stimulus trying to stimulate the economy because so many people were not working, businesses were shut down, and all sorts of things happened that I could not see happening again in that same way. Now that we've gone through that and we have that experience, I, I don't believe that they would do that exact same thing again in that exact same way. Some people are like, should I wait or should I by now if there's something that I like. I mean, obviously, it's always good just to find something that you like, but yeah. waiting or prioritizing now. Obviously, interest rates are high, but you have the opportunity to refinance in however many years that will be. But then if you wait until interest rates go down to get a better interest rate, presumably prices will go up, but then you'll still be you'll still have a low interest rate. So it'd be better to buy now. Is, is that logic correct? Yes, in my opinion that would still be the direction to go because everyone's waiting until interest rates go down. I mean, the reality is, I mean, I've got a, a, a whole spreadsheet full of people that are waiting for rates to go down. And I'm just one person. I can't even imagine the amount of people. Even, so let's just say rates went down 3% because they're, they're right at 8% right now. They went down to 5 We would have such a flood of buyers back in the market. So we'd end up with these competitive offer situations and therefore people probably would not get their closing costs covered. We'd probably be back to having, you know, overbid where we're seeing that in some markets right now, but the majority of markets have slowed down and then that's not a bad thing. People are able to negotiate again with sellers. So if you find a home 
that you genuinely like that and I'm not even gonna say love because <laughs> I like my home. I don't always love my home, but it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 a great home that will fit your your needs for at least five years. I would not buy a home that you could not see yourself owning for at least five years. I'm not even saying living in, I'm saying owning for at least five years. I, I don't think that that's going to be your best investment. So if it checks the boxes and it works for you and your lifestyle, I think it's a good idea. And yeah. then, then don't. And I would say the yeah. same thing, even if the rates were 2%. It's not always right for someone. to. I live in one of the few markets where houses are just bidding wars. I live in New Jersey, Still, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's nutty out there in, in some areas. I yeah. The one thing that my husband are, and I are unwilling to do is do a bidding war. Or at least, let me put it this way. We haven't found something that's worth a bidding war. Like we found properties that I think are very fairly priced considering the market. And I'd like, yeah, I'd put an offer on this, but I know it's going to go for 50000 more. So I'm not interested in that. So that's the market we're in and why we're still in a two-bedroom townhouse with two kids. <laughs> at least they're still little and hopefully yeah. they're okay in one room, but. Yeah, I mean, the baby's like, she's in her crib. She doesn't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, I think this is working for you now. And if the right opportunity came along, fantastic. But if yeah. not, you know, that you've still got a, a home that satisfies your needs and that you purchased at a time where it was something that you could probably, from an exit strategy standpoint, I imagine you could probably rent it out. Oh, yeah, that's our plan. Yeah, for, for probably more than what your mortgage is. That's oh, it's a unicorn when you look yeah. at that ratio. <laughs> we're very happy. Like, we're in a good spot, but it's also, I would like a backyard, too. It's all fine. Yeah. Okay, my last question is, are there any other things that someone listening to this episode who is thinking about buying a house that I didn't ask you that this person should know? I always say that people should start the process before they're ready. By that, I mean, talk to a loan officer and explain to them your long-term goals and have them actually review your financial profile and help come up with a game plan. And I'm talking like even if it's one to two, three years down the road, I've worked with a lot of people that have, it's taken them several years to purchase. I love helping them get to a position to purchase in the future. I think so many people, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning, so many people start with the home. They think, okay, I see a house, I like it, fits all my needs, I'm going to start looking, and then I'm going to talk to a loan officer. I would love to see people talking to a loan officer while they're just starting out in college or just starting out in their new job field or whatever that is, or maybe they just started a business. And I think most people hopefully now know it takes generally, in most cases, at least two years worth of self-employment taxes being filed in order to qualify mm -hmm. for a loan if you're self-employed. I love working with people that have just started a business so that we can come up with a long-term plan for them and so that they know what we're going to look for when it comes time to get pre-approved. So start before you're ready. I love that. And what states are you licensed in? I'm licensed personally in California, Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida. Um, I have a really uh, amazing team that I work with. And we have some additional states as well, like Oregon, Utah, 
Washington, Nevada, Arizona, Colorado. And I think that might be it. And then obviously there's your TikTok, Mortgage Mandy. Anywhere else people should go to find you? Yes, Instagram. I am also Mortgage Mandy, but unfortunately that was taken. So I am Mortgage underscore Mandy there. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I think this is going to be super helpful for a lot of people listening. Oh, you are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Run Your Money Show. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a new episode. And hey, before you leave, can you do me a quick favor? Please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. It takes just a few seconds for you, and it helps me enormously to get this show out in front of more women just like you. Thank you so much. You can find show notes, transcripts, free resources, and info on how to work with me at veronicagrant.com. See you next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.